you know, I thought we haven't done it in a while. Should we do like an official intro? <laughs> sure. Sure. I'll do it. Okay. Hi, welcome to Film Suck. This is the Cuties Controversy episode. Um, we're talking about um, uh, Maimona Ducouré is the writer-director of the film called Cuties. It's a French film um, about a Senegalese um, girl and her immigrant family living in France and how she's torn between the traditional Muslim culture she's being raised in and, of course, the you know, ultra-modern French culture. And um, she it becomes kind of desperate to be popular by joining a, 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 a girl dancing um, troupe called the cuties and uh, her way, her entree and her way to try to become popular in this way is um, to try to bring these dance moves that are, that are more hypersexualized than what they're already doing. And she gets them off, you know, YouTube, TikTok, you know, music video type things. And, you know, the experience of that, and it's all very, you know, inside the experience of, 11-year-old girls, especially the lead one, um, um, Ami. Um, so anyway, it was, a you know, won a directing award at Sundance Film Festival in January 2020, and it was playing yeah. in France and, you know, and no big upheaval. And then it began its run on Netflix. And, um, you know, just quickly. It made they did. the movie much more popular, the whole scandal, I think. Oh, right? yeah, I'm sure it's. So in a way, I don't know. She might be. <laughs> it might be a benefit in the long run because many more people are seeing Cuties, uh-huh. an independent film that they probably would never have seen otherwise. No. But, you know, the big crisis started because admittedly, uh, you know, uh, Netflix, Netflix did a really salacious initial campaign. Um saw the poster which is truly maybe not the best fit for especially for what the movie is actually about and then they acknowledge they have apologized and acknowledged it doesn't represent the movie at all it's very you know it's 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 them and you know these girls 11 year old girls in mid twerk and there's very abbreviated like spangly or sparkly (laughs) spandex costumes etc but with no context it really does look like um it's a real come on kind of poster. So of course that got them in big hot water. They immediately changed their whole campaign, but it, the the ongoing controversy has gotten enormous. And and I was asked, I didn't even know, I wasn't following it. And I was asked by a, a Jacobin editor um, to, if I would write about it. And I said, sure. And weighed in and, oh my God, the thing just is, is getting bigger and bigger. I'm getting more responses all the time and more shares and more people weighing in. And I yeah. keep thinking, well, this is going to die down. <laughs> Wait, were, were you on the radio yesterday or two days no, ago? No, today. And, and I do want to talk about that because okay. it turned out to be just a hilarious and ridiculous travesty. It turns out I was on, I was <laughs> online with this utter right-wing clown named Mike Conkle, um, who has a morning show in Chicago. Um, mm-hmm. And... I kind of sensed just from looking him up that he was a right winger, but I had no idea how extreme. So it was literally like, I swear, it couldn't have been longer than a 90 second interview. (laughs) I think I got in maybe two, three sentences tops (laughs) until he simply started kind of repeated shouting, ranting to two claims. It's the the film is filthy and it's a pedophile film. And he just repeated that several times (sighs) and then hung up on me. So it was at first I was infuriated, of course, I had wasted time actually prepping. I've been re- doing all this reading and before this, what I thought was going to be a real interview, <sighs> even with a right winger. I thought, oh, it'll be interesting to draw out what are exactly mm-hmm. the arguments of someone who's claiming he claimed to have seen the film. But people, a lot of the critics have not seen the film, are proud of the fact that they haven't seen the film. Ted Cruz being, mm-hmm. being the main one. And he's saying exactly those same talking points. You know, it's filthy it's perverted it's wrong and it's a pedophile film so there's these are like the talking points and of course he also you know you know bragged about writing a letter to the attorney general william barr um asking if the filmmaker could essentially be brought up on charges of you know you know creating child pornography um and you know tom cotton has weighed in um uh tulsi gabbard has come out and said it's child pornography. And so it's oh, just yeah, really, I saw that. Yeah. And, uh, but I think they also have like kind of proudly have not seen it. Probably have not seen it because they don't want. Yeah. They claim, well, why would I watch something <laughs> that, mm-hmm. that is, that is a pedophile film and is pornographic. So you, you get into these, this impossibility of having any kind of exchange is everyone just retreats to their corners, <laughs> especially on the right. Yeah, yeah, you know, I'm surprised because, it's, I mean, obviously I was like, what is it? And I finally watched it. And then I watched a few interviews um, mm-hmm. with the director. Actually, it's hard for me to pronounce. Are you sure it's Maimuna? It is because I finally looked her up oh, pronouncing okay. her so own say, name. Say it again. <laughs> so it's Maimuna 
Ducure. Maimona <laughs> Ducure. And I had okay. to memorize it because I was getting it wrong too. <laughs> gotcha. I'm sort of peasant. But okay, I got it. Maimona Ducure. Yeah. So, and I watched a few interviews with her and everything she said actually made a lot of sense. Yes. There is no, and, and in the film, because I watched interviews only after the film, I wanted mm. to be kind of more or less fresh mm. <laughs> in, in terms of how I perceive it. In all those scenes that, um, I, I don't want to get into the weeds too much, but basically this whole pedophilia craze uh, and pedophilia accusation of the movie and the, I guess the director mm-hmm. or whatever, the propaganda thing, is like all those dancing scenes are shot in such a not male gaze and in such ironic, kind of like funny, clumsy way that I, I was like was, I was trying to really look at their whatever, 11 year old butts but it was like too funny I, it was really not done in a kind of ooh I'll arouse no. you kind of way the way actually a lot of um, you know like let's say fashion shows and fashion commercials Absolutely. with really young girls and posters too you know that actually try to sell you products the way mm-hmm, they do mm-hmm. with the same like 12 whatever 11 13 year olds so i mean it's actually really outrageous i think both um the characters and the girls who portray them actually kept their mm-hmm. dignity because a lot of accusations seems to be even from the liberals is that whoa how she was allowed to do that absolutely who allowed those girls to even act in that where did she find them what is it orphanage how, how like who are these parents i'm like i've read that the parents should be jailed <laughs> yeah, yes. yeah. What is that about? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, I guess it's too into the weeds, but I, I don't even know where to start it. But those are those are the the critical points. Is like when you mm-hmm. look at especially those controversial scenes. There's a couple of dance scenes that are the most controversial. It's where the these girls are trying to recreate the moves of much more adult women that they saw on social media, and yes, they're del- the whole way it's performed <laughs> is to show you how how awkwardly how they don't really understand the connotation of what. They're performing they're that they're 11 <laughs> they're doing these kind of awkward and you're supposed to be like oh look at those poor girls they don't know what they're doing but they've been sold this model as a way to be popular literally i mean if you listen to ducore talking about what was the impetus behind the film mm-hmm. she's like you know they they see that those are the most popular get the most likes um uh kind of dance videos on tiktok and on youtube etc female model female yeah. role models almost Absolutely. like i think she's and so what, what else a, do you expect? Absolutely. And so she and she was inspired to do this because she saw a, little, a, a troop of 11 year old girls performing a super hypersexualized dance. And she said the audience, which was full of Terrence, didn't seem to object. And so mm-hmm. that was sent her on this whole quest to interview, I think. You know, for a year and a half, she was interviewing girls of like roughly 11 to 13, something like that, about, you know, what's your what's it like being your age and growing up? And what are your role models? And what is it? What what are you thinking it's going to be like to be a woman? And what do you think of these videos and what influence are they having on you and all that stuff? It sounds like she worked really hard with them all and all the way through the shoot, talking through everything that it was about and, and really wanting their input. And, you know, and also there was a child, I believe there was a child counselor on the set the entire time. You know, it was all, in mm-hmm. other words, there was all this extravagant care to make sure that these girls were heard, that they were representing something that they understood and had experienced themselves. You know, and I'm thinking my whole reaction was, God, I would have liked that when I was a kid. You know, just to have some adult who seems calm and intelligent and sensible and who's actually honestly interested in what your experience is. I would have found yeah. that so reassuring. The opposite of these girls will be traumatized for life. I thought, no, that's going to help them to know that there are calm adults who can handle life and and the complexity of being that age, which is a really usually a, a painful, awkward one. Famously, being preteen is like you no longer feel like a little kid and you're not a full fledged teenager, but you're starting to have feelings, crushes, your body's changing, all that stuff that is happening. You often feel like you desperately want to be older and get out of this famously awkward age. You're trying to imitate girls older than you. Um, you know, that's not news, surely, but it's being treated as if it's news. <laughs> like, like up to the age of 18 or whatever consent is, where you come from, this being is non-sexual. There is no sexuality in this person oh, unless no. it's imposed by pedophile culture. <laughs> okay, let's talk about that because I'm mostly interested uh, in this like context of this like sex panic yeah. and, and Ted Cruz and Tulsi Gabbard. But do you understand, right? You probably got deeper into that. Mm. It's not just the right wing that's that's creating the panic, or right? It's not only the conservative kind of well, slamming. They're, the, they're the kind of loudest, biggest voices, but you're certainly seeing 
a lot of concur a lot of concurring i mean i you know i'm not i'm not reading my twitter you know because i wrote about <laughs> it i'm not reading it myself but friends are, are a friend has been telling me one of the juiciest almost hilarious one and one is my favorite one is something saying you can't possibly be a left-wing person politically That's because right. you are promoting what was it called pedophiliac rape culture which is inherent to capitalism uh, okay so you're like wow so this isn't this is fine i'm like but you're it, not promoting yeah. this culture <laughs> well it's just such a crazed yeah. <laughs> but this is you know at least unless it's someone in deep disguise this is this is coming from the from the highly woke left but there's also you know a ton of you know just from the commentary i'm seeing on facebook because people this are this thing i wrote which i wrote very quickly in response to uh -huh. this is kind of a rush job because it's you know it's a controversy that's happening right now it's gotten more shares i think than anything i've written in ages and I'm, I'm seeing Ooh. those responses too and there are a lot of people who are really who seem like they're part of you know kind of liberal left um you know f friend feeds who mm -hmm. are yeah who are up in arms who are just like this is an outrage these kids are going to need therapy they're going to be damaged for life the parents should be i literally saw the parents should be in jail um, in one of those threads, one of those discussions, someone else said, asked, what were my, did, what did I know about, what were my, what was my level of professional expertise in child sexual development that allowed me to weigh in on this movie? And I'm like, really? No one can weigh in. No one can say anything. What's Ted Cruz's? What's, you know, what's anybody's level of expertise? For one thing, I once was an 11 year old girl and I know, you know, I know young people. Like, does anyone met, you know? young people of the age of 11 and do they do they have any notion of what it's like it seems like there's there's a kind of mental divorce from what the culture actually is i mean the biggest irony is according to decore she herself thinks it's alarming the way so much of the cultural input is shoving girls especially toward premature sexual adulthood and they're not ready for it so that she's actually on the same page broadly as it's all clear. of these people the who are slamming clear, yeah and yeah. it's very clear but you, when you're watching the film extremely clear that that this girl you know feels all this pressure to to do these things in order to be popular realizes she's gone way overboard you know in, in when they finally do the public dance performance in this case unlike the real life scene that Ducore saw everyone's horrified and parents are booing and covering the little the smaller children's eyes and everything else and that's when she realizes she's She's just gone. She's horrified at her own choreography, her own participation in this dance. And you see her quickly backtrack to a kind of a more comfortable level appropriate to her age of dress and behavior, etc. And yeah, so it's the movie's very much that. And, you know, in the interview this morning, I literally led with that. Like the, 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 the big irony is she's she's agreeing. She's made a movie about a I know, problem that's what of hypersexualizing <laughs> and it's like that no it's, yeah but it's surreal that's why it's surreal yes. because she actually if you listen to her talk about it i don't think like someone i mean if they really listened i don't think like tulsi gabar would would be as outraged as but she but i think like, that's the point that, that you refuse to listen and this is this is if, yeah, if you read up on moral panics, sex panics, it's this is textbook. You you won't you will not engage in any argument or discussion because what you're up against, you think, is a force of such evil that it can mm -hmm. only be shunned or eradicated. So, in other words, there can be no there can be no details. There can be no discussion. Yeah. There can be no no looking at the whole movie in any kind of way other than to count the number of times that uh, an 11-year-old girl does something that is a move that shouldn't be done by an 11-year-old girl. And you, you, all you can think is pedophilia, pedophilia, pedophilia. And that's your whole reaction. You, you know what I don't and I understand. Whatever there are culture wars, it's sort of like mm -hmm. in a way I don't know conservatives versus liberals. Mm -hmm. and elections coming. I don't know. And it, then the Jeffrey Epstein case was big. Yeah. And conservatives loved that he was sort of like liberal. They're all, all around Clintons, and that was huge. And I, I don't know. I think even before that, that's might be at least for four years. There was this kind of like conversation about satanic liberal pedophiles, right? Absolutely, the QAnon talking points. That's exactly the narrative, mm -hmm. right? The world is pretty much run by 
Democrats who were part of this cabal of mm-hmm. pedophiles, of sat- Satan worshiping pedophiles. Yeah. And child traffickers who also yes. partially, uh, I only recently got into it. I couldn't mm-hmm. believe it, like, that it was like sort of sold almost like as real news. Mm-hmm. Some kind of uh, sort of pizza place, uh, yes. fairly famous. I think it's called Comet. Comet Pizza Place in D.C. supposedly has a basement, and that's where people have seen both Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton Uh and and a lot of other people. Hollywood people, media people. Yes, everyone connected to Democratic Party or just liberals in general. And somehow that connects, I don't know, do they keep children there, the story goes? I'm not sure. Supposedly Wayfair traffics them in furniture boxes. (laughs) Oh, that's the story. Furniture boxes. That's the thing. It's so insane that you're like, am I reading this right? Yeah. I couldn't believe it. I was like, started reading into it. And it seems like sort of semi-connected theories. They just pop up here and there. And I have to say, like, it wasn't obvious to me. It was just a few weeks ago. I'm kind of late to everything QAnon and all that. Uh, I was driving um, around downtown Los Angeles and it felt like I saw some kind of BLM you know, another like fairly small protest mm-hmm. that they still kind of keep going. But no, then I Googled, it was like, it was like a weird crowd. Mm-hmm. Basically, there was actually a QAnon protest in downtown LA, um, anti, yeah, those satanic pedophiles, anti child trafficking, right. something they called Save Our Children. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, in Los Angeles. So, I, I mean, I don't know who they all organized it. How, how, how is it going? How is it happening? Yeah, it's quite, it's quite secretive who the leaders are, mm-hmm. when, you know, you know, the belief that Donald Trump, if, if there is anything like this, which is ludicrous, that Donald Trump is opposing it. He's the one trying to oh. bring it down. Oh, yes. This is why Donald Trump is that's the hero right. and, and has to stay president because that's how he can fight. I mean, it's such a like a kind of dark tunnel to go in. It's yeah. really, I mean, it's yeah. not only not only it's actually non-movie related, but it's kind of hard to disentangle mm. because one of the things that we already did um, sort of adjust an episode, remember, with um, my friend and former model, Mary. Uh-huh. Um, God, I'm blanking out. I should be better with names. Um, Mary Heron. God, no, Mary Heron is a director. Anyway, right. we, we, no, it doesn't start with K. Mary I should Hanlon. remember her last No, name. Mary Hanlon. Hanlon. She's my friend. But it is similar to the director, Mary Heron, mm-hmm. but she's Hanlon. Yeah, and, uh, you know, just about Jeffrey Epstein documentary and that whole world that she was very yeah. much part of. Uh, some while back uh, as a young like up and coming model and and again it's like somehow that is always disregarded the reality of uh, how in America or just generally I guess it's true mm-hmm. in the um, I don't know western capitalist uh, yes like secular world uh, there is this image of um, I mean, they're everywhere it's not about yes. movies movies is actually the most um, <laughs> innocent thing that you can imagine especially movies of this kind uh, but generally there's this image of super sexualized sometimes prepubescent you can see even though mm-hmm. they're like all made up dolled up mm-hmm. sometimes like barely pubescent girls mm-hmm. that yeah push basically different kind of products to you through Absolutely. Yeah, their sexualized image and what's crazy about it not that I'm advocating for anything but Generally, okay, that existed, and somehow it's not been slammed neither by conservative, clearly not by conservative pundits mm-hmm. or politicians at all, because it's part of the, I guess, capital mm-hmm. in, capitalist industry production. No, really, I, not, not really do I hear liberals talk about it either. And uh, at the same time, while the, sexualiz- the sexualization happens, there's all this insanity about, right, like kind of like age of consent, illegal, mm-hmm. illegal, illegal. It's truly bizarre because this actually creates a schizofra- fully schizophrenic society where you sexualize the thing that you can have Right. It, I, again, I'm not propagating for lowering the age of consent, but there's something insane when you do, when you do it at the same time. The sort of hypocritical, mm-hmm. kind of like anti-sex, kind of railing up, mm-hmm. and at the same time, hypersexualization of those like fashion and I don't know what cosmetics, what else. Basically, all industries, not only fashion, I imagine. Mm-hmm. So it's it's truly it's truly sickening. Mm-hmm. So you call everyone pedophile, yet everyone looks at those images all the time. Right. Uh-huh. Well, and again, do do Kure to her astonishment saying no i'm seeing this and and talking to girls who are like yeah everyone knows this everyone everyone looks at these images everyone knows this is happening surely um so she's the one saying don't doesn't everyone think this is a problem but it's like wallpaper people hardly noticing and then she makes a movie about it 
<laughs> trying to raise a kind yeah. of alarm. And then that, be- it's just beyond head swimmingly crazy. You know, and of course, it's not that there isn't a problem. There really is a Jeffrey Epstein. There really was a ring of people going to quote unquote Virgin Island from who are high powered people. All that's true. But, you know, the classic sex panic thing is to spread it so that there's a whole, you know, it's a it's practically a global phenomenon of involving vast, vast numbers. It's everywhere. We're going to practically have to fight a holy war to bring it down. And now all sex becomes kind of dangerous. And you see that spreading more and more to the yeah. point of like how long before we hit sex prohibition? Because you can't get power levels equal enough. Now age difference, even among <laughs> totally consenting mature yeah. adults, is now regarded as a, at least if you read online, online madness, is now regarded as, well, that person is seven years older than the other person. So that's a terrible power imbalance. You know? I know. Well, I experienced it in, in my own life. It's me and staying. I mean, I didn't. Luckily, I missed it. You know, my husband was 12 years older than me. Oh, is he a pedophile? <laughs> yes. Philippe, yes, turns out Philippe was the worst offender, you know, but I was 26, he was 38, and there I see no goddamn problem with this, but other people are flipping as if 26 is 11. It's just this strange mushing. No, no, no. I think the, the reasoning I, I heard, which is like <laughs> truly surreal and kind of funny, but insane, is this. Uh, it's not that you got together when you were 26 mm-hmm. and he was like 38, but the fact that when you were let's say nine, <laughs> that, that, that's how they do it. When you were nine, he was 21. Well, yeah, but... That's how they do it. it yes, I know. It doesn't matter know, that you didn't know each other. Understand. That doesn't matter. That doesn't that's help. what it's about. <laughs> I heard that. And I'm like, okay, but that's like, it's not when we met. <laughs> exactly. He never met me. He never tried to pick me up when I was nine. That never happened. <laughs> so, but that somehow doesn't matter. I definitely heard that kind of reasoning as well. But, but since we're already in this like pedophilia topic, there's something insane even beyond this like American sanity, just generally with the pedophilia craze. Mm-hmm. I mean, seriously, pedophilia exists and it's horrible and it's definitely, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of probably underprivileged children kind of uh, end up, but not only underprivileged, but they for sure end up being victims easier of targets pedophiles, and, yeah. easier targets for pedophiles. Yeah. But pedophiles, it's like an official, I mean, it's a medical term. It's like sexual attraction of adults to the prepubescent children. And that doesn't count 15-year-olds. It doesn't count. It's something else. There's clearly abuse of power, and I'm mm. not I'm not like advocating any of this. But this is not pedophilia. And it seems like the way you read the news and the way, I mean, cuties sort of fall into that if you interpret it that way, which is insane. But generally speaking, it seems to be that word and that accusation is thrown around yes. to anyone who potentially, you know, and before it was normal, like let's say was, a, I don't know, sleeping or was dating someone who is like 17 and or that, even attracted people, to someone who's 17. Yeah, yeah. no, but yeah. they're mm-hmm. pedophiles. And that's actually not only factually wrong, this mm-hmm. just creates a confusion because I think the confusion in the end is bad for real pedophilia, which is way more horrific thing mm-hmm. in the end. Uh, and it's like fully mixed up. It doesn't matter. Nine, 17, all the same. Pedophiles. I do think I do think that there, there's this real danger of making this this mush of of how we're defining and what we're talking about. And now it's again being, you know, ha- having being told that all of capitalist culture is pedophiliac rape culture. That just suggests it's essential, so essentially built in that <laughs> that what sexual encounter can you have at that point that isn't. You know, you know, it's that kind of insanely broadening and hysterical hair on fire horror. It's important to preserve some distinctions of what what serious crimes, what serious danger is. And if if you get into this, everything is everything. You're you're it's a it's a film for pedophiles because it has these kinds of shots that are in doesn't matter how they're done. It just becomes that's a pedophile movie. You know, that, that that means you can't even – so there can be no movies made now mm-hmm. that, that involve any underage, no matter how carefully you talk to them, mm-hmm. no matter how much you guard their – you can't make films about people's experience if it's in any way going to deal with the oceanic amounts of, of sex that, that is built into this culture, that's built into the imagery and, as you say, the salesmanship of this culture. So that you just, just gets you in such a, such a weird place. I mean, I've even seen a, um, an image about Taxi Driver and someone saying sarcastically, oh, sure, tell me this film is art when it stars, it's got Jodie Foster 
you know, in it at the age of 12 playing a prostitute. Uh, yeah, I, heard, I saw that in my own Twitter. Yeah, so you're going to go back retroactively say Taxi Driver is now a bad film because Jodie Foster was in it playing a very specific part, which it seems from all her commentary, she understood very well. She had her mother with her all the time. You know, there was all this extra protection built in so she could play this part. But now you can just see the process. We're going to go back through history. We're going to go forward in time with all this huge levels of condemnation all over the place. And this assumption that that kids kids cannot talk about this. They cannot know about this. There's this weird level of... I don't know. Well, you cannot be honest with kids. You can't. And you can't talk to them about what they might be feeling and experiencing. There's just this absolute shutdown. And I remember that experience myself as a kid. My first thought, if there was any complexity or problem or emotional issues, I just thought, don't go to an adult because they can't handle it. <laughs> they just can't handle it. You, you have to handle it yourself or you and your, your peers will, you know, maybe they can help you. But adults yeah, which not always out. ends up. <laughs> ends yeah, up. That's, that's not so good either, but you don't have any good options. Yeah. I remember very yeah. specifically just thinking, no. And they'd always say, oh, go to a parent or a teacher. And you, I would think, no, they're exactly who you can't go to. They always overreact. They always flip out. Um, they always don't understand. They always just tell you, no, don't do whatever it is. So you get you you have no way to negotiate. Your own feelings, societal pressures. There's again, there's no, there's no calm, reasonable adult who will talk with you frankly, from experience, which would be so helpful to you. But it, I think we're really in a culture that is, it's very hair on fire and has been. I mean, our our history of sex panics and moral panics is so bad, and it's just one no sooner dies out in in just horrific consequences. They're always bad. I don't think you can come up with one that didn't have terrible, terrible consequences, whether it's draconian laws or wrongful jailings and horrific punishments, lives ruined. If you read the history, you're just like, my God, and we yet we never learn anything. You know, you're just waiting for the next panic. And the worst thing is that it's sort of in the end, no matter how huge it seems in the moment, especially if you're part of media to some degree, mm -hmm. uh, it's actually always superficial because it doesn't change the structural abuse of power and what's right. what's what, what's actually at core of most of those problems that are, I mean, somewhat real. It's just like panic. And, and I don't know, some people benefit from it. Mm -hmm. Some people sack some other people. They potentially, whatever, resent for other reasons that has nothing to do with sex. Mm -hmm. So it's always just somehow opportunistically used and frequently doesn't really you know doesn't really solve any problems and i have to say like in i know america tr like mm -hmm. they kind of uniquely likes to you know there's the phenomenon of american exceptionalism but i think now it's actually really re resembling more and more in some ways the way i mean i guess superficial the way russia is run because mm -hmm. just a few years ago um one of the big for instance sim somewhat similar because it's dance related Mm -hmm. scandal happened i think it was four years ago it was in a kind of provincial town of oh, i think orenburg uh there was a high school where there was like a dance troupe um consisted um not as young not 11 i think girls might have been from 14 to i don't know 18 something like that who's in high school uh doing the dance that are also pretty much similar to what you see in cuties it's like this kind of twerk twerk imitation some sort of sexualized moves on the floor mm -hmm. dance yeah, and I, watched uh, it. Yeah, yeah. I sent it to you but that mm -hmm. caused it was also put on youtube mm -hmm. and that caused such a, like again like a weird moral outrage uh by from the and it was driven really for by the conservative kind of i think putin adjust and party politicians mm -hmm. who uh, shut down that that high school for a little bit started investigating the i think uh the what is the choreographer of the dance troupe the school the principal and all that it didn't find anything eventually it's like the parents were okay with what was happening it wasn't tasteful i can even post that video i mean it's not very interesting but it's nothing like you know to be i don't know morally outraged by especially if no one is really you know complaining at all it's just not tasteful uh but yeah and uh in in that was all happening while actually, you know, in the centers of power, not just some high school in, you know, in the very center of Moscow that only mm -hmm. later uh, and um, later people found out, I think only like two, a few years ago. So a few years after that scandal, the, there's a real general abuse of power was happening and uh, teachers mm -hmm. basically was discovered, was abusing his um, 
like students for I think even a few decades while mm. being a prominent like history teacher, and then there was another I think physics teacher. Anyway, my point is that that while real reality is happening and no one really address was was ready to address it, there's always some kind of superficial thing mm-hmm. outrage caused by like vi- visual whatever some video in this case it's a film mm-hmm. in that case it's just some stupid five minute youtube video and it's it's actually extremely hypocritical because it doesn't really address any real problems it was really done purely for like some kind of like you know like a show trial just to show them that we have good values i don't know i guess russian orthodox in the in, in that scenario and we don't like want our young women to grow up twerking you know so i don't know it's somewhat similar it, it, in the yeah, end yeah i mean you certainly you certainly see that the the rhetoric ramps up but the actions don't i mean you know you have to be cynical if you say i mean I, I could just use UC Berkeley as an example. I mean, I think it was once or twice a year. It seemed relentless. You had to constantly be doing, you know, a, a kind of sensitivity training, online training, and everyone dreaded. Took a couple of, you know, take till you learned the, the it would take you a couple of hours, and then you'd learn to do it really, really fast. But you had to keep doing it over and over. And the irony being that at the same time, everyone, everyone at UC Berkeley, it was faculty certainly and administration, I'm assuming, has to be taking these um, sensitivity training about sexual harassment, etc. Um, you've got cases that, you know, like a famous one, John, the, f- the famous philosopher, John Searle, who it was, it was common knowledge for year for decades that there was a kind of quid pro quo. If you wanted to be one of his assistants, like a grad student assistant, <laughs> you know, he was going to be hitting on you. And apparently this was widely known, widely recognized and nothing. It took forever for anyone to finally say anything. And of course, then he resigned and, you know, I'm sure got some sort of golden payoff. But this, God, you know, that's multiple similar, cases yeah. at UC Berkeley of like, wait, <laughs> this, it, this was known. This went on for decades. There were actually complaints brought and then they were just kind of quietly brushed under the rug. And yet everyone's supposedly getting all this training and all this you have to, you know, you know, all the steps you have to take if you have the least suspicion. If any student comes to you and says anything to you, you have to report it, you know, just um, and the procedures and and all this time no serious effort to tackle the just egregiously terrible cases <laughs> that are right there you know i know i knew john searle i read the book i, I guess only about the chinese room thing but um chinese room argument but i haven't heard about the sex scandal so i think it he probably left quietly right and it wasn't oh, yes. really no he just slid out he slid out and who knows you know what kind of i'm sure some there was some deal cut behind the scenes with i think that's how they try to handle it if they can, yeah. But that's exactly that, and I uh, and you know in the in the Russia case, I just want to even like reiterate, it's not that okay. One school just had that dance, and they had pretty. Um, <clears throat> It's a pretty harmless, and then some other school that never had any dances, but only very like I don't know. You can learn like Latin and all that, and it's all like the best. <laughs> the best school in in Moscow had actually horrific abuse of power for decades, and they kind of no one wanted to tackle it because mm-hmm. it's sort of like uh, I don't know, like. Oh, those teachers are famous and all that, and and that's like whatever. It's still I find it minor, but the fact that generally Russia is this, um, I think I said it before, it's pretty much a very Jeffrey Epstein openly world where mm-hmm. powerful and even not so powerful. You don't need that much power there because it's such huge uh, dis- income disbalance and just uh, economically ever, on average pretty bad for women. Uh, yeah, so uh, you know definitely uh, people close to power and those politicians probably might be the same that slamming some harmless dance uh, probably easily date 15 year olds that just that just that world maybe somewhat secretly but still that's what exactly happening there and somewhat in the opening again you don't need an island the way jeffrey epstein needed it's uh, it's a different kind of different more open society in that way and at the same time they're sort of outraged by i don't know language usage by dances by by this by that and mm-hmm. that's that's very similar to what you described berkeley but maybe on a grander scale because mm-hmm. <laughs> it's really kind of disgusting if you know how things really are from mm-hmm. inside it's really disgusting to sort of watch it well and i think that there's that crisis of frankness up and down like you 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 can't get people to deal honestly with what's happening you i think what you're trying to point out is exactly right there's always this deflection to something else where you, people can siphon off outrage um and you know just the fact that that it's it's regarded as one of the bad things that the director de did which is she wanted to actually 
do a kind of girl's eye view version of this. So she wanted to involve the girls themselves and talk to them about their experiences. Mm -hmm. That seems to be regarded as like the worst thing you could do. (laughs) Almost like more outrageous than anything that Larry Clark ever did, because somehow Larry Clark, you know, the guy who made kids and who, when he was in his fifties and he still, I think, kept making the movies around like, early teens kind of kids, uh, what is it, uh, Kenneth Park, I, I have to remember, Bully, that have this kind of like slightly nasty sexual <laughs> sort of objectifying gaze. He never, he's never going down. He never went down. And, and Which I, was I think surprising. I remember when kids came out and stuff and going, wow, how how are people not flipping out about this? You know, right? he had a few people comment, but nothing happened. And then here, here, you know, this this director comes along and, and tries to be very sensitive and sweet even. You know, really trying to be sweet about these girls and what their interior lives are like and what the pressures on them are like. And and she's just getting (laughs) just reamed. Yeah. The one only thing I, I hope that it's she has going for herself in such an unjust, uh, unjust accusations, insane and like mm. untrue, is that just because her media profile is going up, the movies mm-hmm. is going to be more known, that somehow in the end, you know how even bad publicity is good, in the end, it would be good for her. Oh, yeah. So, you know, sometimes clearly people have every reason to cheer when a scandal <laughs> develops. Yeah, I, I just hope for that. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, I kind of want to go back into uh-huh. the, talking specifically about the movie because we didn't. Yeah. We can talk about the issues around mm-hmm. because again the, the movie it, it, I was kind of surprised uh, I didn't catch it at Sundance and you know ger- generally those Sundance winning films usually I mean they're sort of like on a more I don't know there's all these check boxes right mm-hmm. <laughs> they're yeah. kind of like banal and like people love them and they but in this case I actually did really find it sweet and yeah. interesting and like well well done and mm-hmm. it really did communicate something and it's actually I was also thinking I don't think yeah I, I haven't seen anything like that before there was mm-hmm. an element of novelty I guess even though surprised you know how come no one no one did anything like that mm-hmm. but yeah so the, so I, I'm actually surprised by myself yeah I actually like the film and uh, what's interesting about <clears throat> Again, the director, and you can see it just in the movie. You don't need to listen to her because the way Mm -hmm. it's filmed, the way it's done. But she really poses this question that is very interesting. Mm -hmm. That, okay, if you come, the main um, character comes Mm -hmm. from the Senegalese, Mm -hmm. fairly traditional Muslim family. And uh, she's looking kind of for other ways to be uh, like to become a woman rather than just becoming her mom, which is like married early, bunch of kids, and then potentially suffering from your husband even taking the second wife despite mm-hmm. everything, all this devotion, which is totally normal, I guess. Uh, not, I guess, it's how, how it can be done in, uh, under like Muslim laws. But uh, so she's looking for some alternative, and the alternative she finds that's offered to her is mm-hmm. this just like sexualized videos, some mm-hmm. girls in her school that very much like kind of like more libertines, kind of mm-hmm. even at her age. And uh, what's she? The director clearly she she says it. She says it openly in the interview. Is it really the freedom you yes. kind of look for? You get like I mean, you're looking for something, and the character kind of sort of th- feels this is a freedom. But is it really freedom? And she sort of you know she's kind of she's not answering that question. She says like I'm not even sure. Not not sure this this is the freedom. Oh right, yeah. Pretty intense objectification. She says as it is because people ask her, isn't isn't your culture very kind of somehow stultifying? Because you make yeah. girl, you know women have to cover up and there's all these rules. And she said, well, yeah, but how freeing is it when 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 you're only model you're being pressured all the time to be objectified sexually and you and if you don't buy into it you. Mm-hmm. There are big consequences to that. And is, is that really freedom? No. And, and you're right. She puts it in terms of a question, which is, seems to be very much her style. It's very like thoughtful, like, let's think about this. And it is in the movie. Again, you don't need to be mm-hmm. like, oh, what is what does it mean? I have to yeah. find out. No, it's in the movie. You kind of feel it. And, and that's what I find. Uh, I mean, I guess I'm like... I, I don't know all the standard films, just the feel I have for them on average, those winning two winning films. Uh, this is kind of almost rare because she actually sort of, I mean, my leg has but criticizes and kind of puts the mirror to this liberal, mm-hmm. <laughs> liberal Western culture that is considered the uh, pinnacle of generally of any culture and mm-hmm. all the other ethnic and other religious communities are all this 
you know, stultifying, yeah, like closed off and mm-hmm. abuse women and, and all that. And she says, no, I mean, not necessarily. Mm-hmm. It depends how you look at it and really don't generalize like that. And, and that's what's interesting. And it brought me back to thinking about that show, which I hated, but it was so successful. People loved mm-hmm. it. Unorthodox. Remember? All right. Yes, yes. <laughs> because in the end, I mean, it's not It's not the same. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's not the same. But what I partially hated about Unorthodox on a conceptual level, not even about how it's done, Mm -hmm. but on a conceptual level that, you know, the whole idea there, and that's what liberals, I think, loved it, is that there is a stiltifying 19th century cult that still exists today. And you can live like that in Williamsburg, New York. And if you escape it, you can join this freedom-loving, liberal Mm -hmm. world of young people who can sleep with whoever they want and kind of of do whatever they want, which is whatever, fine. I mean, that that is my world, I guess, that I lived in. But it doesn't question at all that that kind mm-hmm. of the problems of that of that secular life and the pitfalls and mm-hmm. all that that mm-hmm. comes with it and that's kind of ugh, just you know it's sort of dumb and interesting very banal and I, and what's interesting about this movie is actually the opposite it does question that mm-hmm. i mean in the in the very it's not the same the woman in orthodox she's like i don't know mm-hmm. 1920 mm-hmm. so she goes through something completely different and here at girls who are like 11 and coming on 12 I have get, getting her first period so it's mm-hmm. like clearly a different setup but still what's coming really so I think there is that there's that interesting element that kind of sets it apart actually makes it makes it a, an interesting yeah movie. Uh, yes and you know sorry spoiler alert and all that we're, we're talking fully about the movie obviously but uh it has that kind of a very exceptionally sweet ending of you know yeah uh, Ami, you know, deciding she's gone way too far toward supposed Western freedoms and backtracks to a kind of halfway point where... And also to her mother, kind of, right? Yes, exactly. she ran away from her mother. She, and, but she sort of keeps the, she keeps the more kind of adult hair she had, but she, she amends the clothing very much. You can just see it. She goes back to jump roping and it really, it really conveyed a kind of like... I, something that I remember quite clearly myself is this like you're, you're that you're ratcheting between surging forward and, tr- and trying to be older and feeling pressured to be older and, and retreating back. And that's very common, very typical of, of that age as you try to figure out for yourself what level you're at. And, you know, of course, it helps if you have help <laughs> to do that, to keep to keep kind of going back and forth until you're adult enough to then continue on. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the movie ha- seems to handle that very well as she keeps going back and forth. And in the end, kind of finds a kind of what seems like might be a comfortable place for herself. But that's such the experience of roughly the age of 10 to 14 or what because people deliver, you know, they develop at different rates. So you're going to be have different experiences, but roughly in there where you're trying to find what you can be comfortable. I remember very clearly being like, I was a little older, like 12 or 13 and suddenly wanting a much more kind of adult hair, <laughs> a real hairdo of a, that was more adult and clothes that were more form fitting. And I wanted to be more attractive. <laughs> and then I went out in the street and I'm walking down the street and, and I'm getting catcalled and guys, you know, teenage guys in cars are pulling up and trying to be, and it was way too much. And I totally panicked and went all the way back to like wearing big baggy overalls and like sweatshirts and like hiding <laughs> because I had overshot what I what I could handle. And then yeah, it was yeah, like that's scary. And completely backpedaled like mad because it was just way, way, way too much for me. Um, so it's she seems like she's she's really got that. And it's so rare. I mean, yeah. it's, films about children are very hard to do, I think, because because it's hard to get children to. Sometimes they just can't don't know they don't know how to tell you what it's like to be um, you know the age they are what the experience is and what the pressures are and all that and it seems like she really from so much talking not only to her cast but to so many having so many other interviews that she really kind of located and and some of those experiences and was able to convey them so that was so nice to see I know it's the same way I I mean not the same but. Uh, Paul Verhoeven for decades been trashed, criticized for Showgirls. And yeah. Showgirls was meticulously researched in Las Vegas. Like, I, I don't know, multiple interviews with, um, yeah, with strippers. It was just like, whatever, the whole environment with different characters who, who inhabit that world. Yeah, so, and he keeps saying how fairly accurate, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. how accurately he showed what he showed. So, based on real stories, 
I mean, somewhat interpreted, I guess, by him. But, but yeah, so somewhat similar. It's weird the way when you show when you really show it as it is. <laughs> when you're really like, trying hard to convey yeah. the experience, yes. Yeah, it's really weird. It's like yeah. the same. I, again, not the same because now I think he wouldn't even be able to make movies in this environment. But remember when um. Todd Salons uh, on the back of success of, uh, uh, what is it? Welcome, uh, to, the Welcome to the Dollhouse. Yeah. He made, he could raise funds and he mm-hmm. somehow made happiness. I know. Which God. has a character who's a real pedophile. Right. It right. is about a pedophile directly. You don't mm-hmm. like, he didn't beat around the bush. And that almost killed him. And I think it's a very actually touching, very thoughtful film. Sca- like, yeah, very scary in this quiet kind of way. But it's sort mm-hmm. of a semi, I think, killed his whatever kind of virgin career he said every film after that made less and less and mm-hmm. hard to get money and all this mm-hmm. but i think if he made it now which almost would have been impossible he would have been i don't know canceled of all platforms dropped by all agents which yeah. didn't happen back then he actually still could you know made number yeah. of movies after that which is so 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 bizarre again as long as things are kind of like commercial mm-hmm. and as you say almost like posture it's all becomes a wallpaper it's fine but when you really tackle things like or you things. do a lot of fake moral posturing that don't that doesn't bear any right you know any relationship to what the actual experience is that really sells too <laughs> you know in what way for I'm instance? trying to, I, I can't, I'm blanking on an example but it just seems like you can you can get a lot of portraits especially of kids and what supposedly their big right and wrong you know it's 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 very rare that you see movies especially about kids that seem like they're they're anything like <laughs> what you experienced or knew like you know so it's almost but there's all all this we we hyper moralize everything about kids there's all that what but what about the children the simpsons character (laughs) that that that's a very strong syndrome maybe other places too but certainly in america what about the children you know the lady who always (laughs) says that Um, so you get this kind of egregious soppy um, treatment of children, but you rarely see like something that's like, oh, I actually remember that, or yes, that seems that seems right. Like we we don't deal with like kids being kind of mad little, <laughs> mad little nutters the way I, yeah. I so many kids that I've known, my godsons and everything. That's one of the great things about them. But you, you just tend not to see the wildness of kids being treated and having some agency and interest yeah. and some clearly sexuality being driven by. You know, things like having Ami be totally obsessed, like really acting obsessively, fixatedly. I remember that so well. You know, it didn't matter almost what it is. Something would just grab you emotionally and you'd just Mm -hmm. go wild for something and you'd absolutely have to do it. And you'd be willing to act out in strange ways or get really secretive to do whatever it was or pursue. I remember that so well. This overwhelming emotions around certain things. And they they do that well, too. She's she's ready to do anything to get get into that. But she also accurately gets the point. And I think that's actually beautifully done Mm -hmm. very accurately that the girl who is like the shyest from the most conservative environment. the moment well yeah she gets that sort of whatever full spoiler stolen phone mm-hmm. and manages to get to i guess youtube what else some sort of like form of this media where mm-hmm. she can watch all of those moves and all this like adult like naked women right and uh, she's the one who becomes the most kind of <laughs> insistent she choreographs them yes. yeah no it's like say pushing the envelope <laughs> absolutely <laughs> yeah and and that's very accurate yes. because actually <laughs> Yeah, so that's that feels true to the experience. Actually. That is, I mean, you know, it's a cliche, but it's also based on the truth that the the kids who went to Catholic school for like either you know whole you know half and then joined us later, they'd go half day and then join us at a certain age. Mm-hmm. They were the notoriously the wildest, the wildest right? ones, yeah, because they were being having all this careful raising in uniforms and stuff. It was it yeah, was and there's something actually <laughs> weirdly nutty about that. I had a friend um, who went to I think um, Catholic school in San Francisco. Yeah, and she would say first of all because there's a weird mix on the one hand you have all this guilt about mm-hmm. any desires and mm-hmm, any sexuality mm-hmm. it's all this catholic upbringing on the other hand it's like the most perverse environment in, in this yes. uniform <laughs> yes. and girls around and it's like pretty like intense so it's this duality which creates uh, almost it's like bursting it's actually mm-hmm. more intense than if you just sort of <laughs> right, whatever right. can like shake your ass the way like those uh, speaking of the cuties yeah. uh, girls just like do and don't really imply anything and don't even like 
they're pretty modest too. It's not like they post nudes <laughs> online the way <laughs> the way Amy does starts doing and all that. So they kind of they know <laughs> they're a bit more kind of blasé about it in a way. Yeah, but they're also hilariously naive. Like there's this wonderful scene where they they see these cute boys who are clearly much old or real full fledged mm-hmm. teenagers, and they try to lie about their ages, but they can't get the story straight. So it's like yeah. we're four, no, we're seventeen, no, we're you know they can't. And of course, clearly they're little girls, and of course the guys are like yeah. And and walk away from them immediately, but it's just this kind of funny. There's all this funny interactions with the kids, or the or the scene, you know, where they find the condom, and the the one girl who doesn't know what a condom is, she blows it up like a balloon, and the others are just sh- who know a little more than her are just shrieking and screaming in horror, and then the girl feels deeply ashamed that she didn't know, and you get this nice mood shift. She's just like. I did, it's not my fault I didn't know what it was because she's clearly there's all that pressure you're supposed to know you're supposed to know what no one will tell you <laughs> yeah and initially she's actually one of the kind of loudest girls one of the more moves. confident mm-hmm. yeah and then and then yeah it's so, it's so true there's this movie not the same age bracket older older teens but mm-hmm. there's this great French movie uh, if I remember correctly I really liked it back in the day from like something mid 2000s mm-hmm. and in English I think it was called Leela Says I don't know if oh, you've I remember heard the of title. It. Though I didn't see um, it. Yeah, Lila says it's by Ziad Dori. I wonder he's actually also French of some mm. um I don't want to lie of what descent might be like Lebanese. And there's also similar kind of, you know, slightly poorer Parisian suburb environment. Right. And, you know, Cult- the tensions kids. between the cultures. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's like the tensions between the cultures. Mm-hmm. And what older older teens mm-hmm. are, are kind of the major protagonist of it. I, I don't want to, I, I don't really want to like describe it because mm-hmm. I just watch it. Like Lula says it really gets also the kind of, <laughs> gets the world correctly and how mm-hmm. all the posturing of sexual maturity ends up just purely just lie. Yes. Just lie. <laughs> you just lie. Exactly. That is true. <laughs> and somehow it's done out of not even like malice, it's just kind of how you want to present yourself. Right, right. So yeah, and he, he gets it. He really, he really shows it kind of beautifully. Oh. And it's a kind of sad film. It's and um, I mean, I, anyway, no, no spoilers at least yeah. for that one. Yeah, but that is an, another good point that you kind of mentioned is the the wild fantasy lives of children, and then mm-hmm. this movie does cuties does that well too. In that what the what the what Am, Ami is imagining is going to be the kind of result of doing this dance routine in public, and then. And then the kind of, it's like having cold water thrown on you. What the reality is, is nothing like the fantasy. And so handling the wild fantasy lives um, of little children as they try to amend them, <laughs> you know, to to you know, approaching adulthood and, and how yeah. do you negotiate that? <laughs> how do you, you know, learn to recognize, boy, I'm blowing this up in my mind in a way it can never play out um, in reality. And so it really handles that, I thought, very, very nicely because she's just mm-hmm. obsessively getting more caught up in some idea that is not going to be borne out yeah it's really it's that's nicely done <laughs> that's true yeah and uh i mean since you kind of <laughs> shared your childhood story yeah i mean the fact that um i think it's somewhere online but i i mean uh, anyway i i think it's uh, sort of like i put passwords on it so when i when i was 12 um it was like mm-hmm. 12 and 13 but it started when i was 12 so pretty close to the the cuties kind of age mm-hmm. bracket and uh, me and my best friend of the at that time we had uh, we created a band like a music band <laughs> yeah. that um i think in english translation it's hard to say but kind of like called the broads uh-huh. broads kind of mm-hmm. like baba yeah which is supposed to be kind of like vulgar i don't think i fully understood that i had this sort of comic sensibility probably neither did she openly but we clearly were saturated the same as in the cuties and that was like a while back uh <clears throat> Uh, we were saturated with this like MTV music videos mm-hmm. that were there, definitely blasting Moscow and all that stuff. It, that, that also had, you know, all this like diva female, like, I mean, young women, I guess, and not girls, divas doing some like moves and looking mm-hmm. like, I don't know, wearing high heels and having this like, I don't know, big breasts and all that, you know. Mm-hmm. And so, anyway, and I, now, like, when I, re- when I um, digitalized the tapes and looked at that, because we did music videos as well mm-hmm. on our own with live montage um, on the like, Sony. I think back then there was the first mm-hmm. Sony digital cameras. It was like something like what, 2002 probably. And um, 
2001, 2002. And, you know, they're sort of like almost not badly done for what we were, you know. And uh, the thing were is that clearly we were imitating in a funny way. We had enough. It's not like cuties. We were like had enough mm-hmm. almost like somehow ironic sensibility. It was ironic. Mm-hmm. But we were fully imitating those like adult women divas yeah. by putting um, a lot of, I think, socks in our tops. Or, right. like, uh, you were I, stuffing I your bras. Yes, yeah, stuffing the bras or like the mom's bras or something. Like, if you even we, had no, but, like, I, I, I should show you the cuties. But it was like actually to the yeah. ridiculous degree, not just like cuties or it's sexy. No, I think it's had might be like in each breast maybe has like five huge socks so it's like it's really like uh, we were both skinny and it's like really the biggest part of just I don't know how you even move around if you had a chest like that so we had that while also uh, like above that there would be like a pink kind of like tight top so you really accent- accentuate that, that right. area and then you put on like crazy makeup that's so disgustingly tasteful some kind of really bright green like eyeshadows you know like the full like it just right. look, you look like like, yeah, I guess you look like a whore, but also it's so off that it's not sexy. You're really mm-hmm. not like sexy. Yeah, it looks because little, it's <laughs> right. It looks too grotesque to even be sexy. Too grotesque. Yeah, really, yeah, not yeah. even tr- not trying to just be like dress up at twelve and try to seduce someone. No, I think we were kind of aware. We we're just two, two of us just making those videos on our own mm-hmm. in this like <laughs> with huge fake breasts and all that and like short. <laughs> short like weird skirts made out of I don't know right it's, it's really really ridiculous stuff mm-hmm. and I thought whoa I was actually pretty kind of like aware at the same time definitely affected by what we saw mm-hmm. you know it affects you if that's all yeah. that blasts into your brain sure you go to school and you read and you have like a good family but that's the stuff that you see you see like I don't know Britney Spears and I mean mm-hmm. Britney Spears was actually I guess more tasteful one I don't know who, who else was big in late 90s and it's pretty intense and, mm-hmm. um, and yeah. that's the only kind of femininity you know about because you don't really look up to your mom back then exactly. it's like right you think oh it's whatever it's not cool what is she dressed in like pantsuit <laughs> <What is that? laughs> right <laughs> Yeah, that's yeah. Yeah, so there was definitely a model, but we, I mean, the difference, I guess we were sort of weirdly aware enough that it was clearly a comical effort. Mm-hmm. And I wrote, I was responsible for the lyrics. And the lyrics were kind of funny. I think something about the hairy armpit that just like, I probably, you just start growing like a few hairs in the <laughs> armpit and it's a right. big problem. Because, right, you're supposed to be, you know, if you, if you look at the screen, right? It's supposed to be this like sexy kind yes. of diva, super smooth. Which means hairless. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Hairless, but like with a big man of hair. And I think definitely it was based on the experience. If you have like two weird long hairs in your armpit, like literally just two, that is already like a problem for sort of your, yeah, <laughs> your, I don't know, psyche. And then there was a song about that. I was looking, I was like, whoa, that's actually not bad i mean it's like over the top but it's actually not bad as almost like cultural criticism from children right you know, that's pretty impressive that you were that self-aware yeah i'll show you it's really weird but so i and that's why i was like whoa cuties yeah i mean i i mean i really get that because mm-hmm. like i wasn't some prudish like 11 12 year old we were definitely into that mm-hmm. to some degree even though it was like in a comic like done comically mm-hmm so yeah, the, the biggest lesson it seems to me to come out of this, if we, if we have to have a lesson, and apparently we always have to have a lesson, um, it's like I, I really am wondering if people are 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 they watching stuff? I mean, are they are they staying culturally current with media and stuff? Because you're right. Who are you going to look at for your role models when suddenly you want to be cool? Mm-hmm. And you're thinking of how to be attractive. Well, you usually can't look at your parents, you know, no. let's just face it, or your teachers, or so you're going to look your at Melania Trump, right? That's yeah. fair. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't know. So, or someone, someone who's strangely, your, your mother's Angelina Jolie or whoever, but usually it's, it's not going to work. And so you've got to look at either your older teenagers in your own you know, world, usually, or you're going to look at media and media is so much more immediate and you know, everywhere now that you're probably going to look at that. But, you know, to, to hear a lot of the commentary, you'd think nobody'd seen these. <laughs> nobody'd seen these music videos that everyone's making. No one seen, no one had seen the choreography. No one's seen the dance moves. And you're just like, well, how can you not know <laughs> that this is a huge selling point and super over familiar. And there's probably very, very few 11, 12 year olds who haven't watched a million of these things and, and they've become normalized in their brains. So that's like that. You're just not even with it that much. <laughs> You don't even know that is going on. So mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe get familiar with your culture would be a helpful thing if you want to help your kid through your culture. <laughs> Definitely. Don't like, uh, I don't know, don't hide away from that. Yeah. 
take a look at what's out there. <laughs> Another point that's like a big one I don't want to miss from my notes is that, okay, you know how the, uh, in the movie it was kind of done again, like in a, in a tasteful manner and uh, my Muna, she's, you know, she grew up Muslim, is that, you know, usually in those narratives, and this is not a traditional narrative, uh, you can show how stifling that like Muslim upbringing is for a girl. And in the movie, they show uh, sort of she starts menstruating and Mm -hmm. one of her basically sort of might be like a great aunt. She Mm -hmm. looks like a grandmother. Says, oh, like at your age, I was engaged. And in a few years, you can also... You'll be given in marriage. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which means like thirteen, <laughs> and exactly. Okay. So the suggestion is, in each world, she's being pushed toward adulthood faster than she's ready to go. Absolutely, and just in different ways. I thought I liked the even-handedness of it of saying, "Well, you've got two options, but both seem to be rushing you toward an adulthood yeah. that isn't at all ideal for you." And what do you do? And she, you know, and she and she talks about that. Um, Maimona Dukure talks about her own, you know, to a certain extent, her own girlhood. She was she was that she was a Senegalese girl being growing up in France and she used to say I wished I could be a boy because I saw my brother (laughs) having seeming so much freer and having a much better time than I was Um, so she you know she's very frank about like how much she was actively trying to how do you be a woman that became my obsession she talks about that's interesting yeah yeah how do you be and she probably means how to be a woman in any way that isn't awful (laughs) you know from all the options you're seeing which I used to always think that girls Growing up was facing a series of terrible choices. I had a very dark worldview when I was a kid, which probably isn't no, any too. surprise. <laughs> I think, no, we share that. We do say, like, I have, like, a version of, uh, or half, half part of the Adams family. You have, like, the full Adams family. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's yeah. like, there's certain elements that's like, you can't, you can't change. Them. I mean, they're, you know, uh, sort of, like, post-factum, I look at it as a school. But but overall, yeah, it's, it's pretty dark. And, yeah. Um, yeah, it is weird. And it's truly, yeah, it's weird to put even on the scale, like 13 and pregnant to, <laughs> I don't know, like to 13 and like twerking or, or I don't know, some kind of like having sex with your high school boyfriend also like, I guess, questionable. Yeah, she does it nicely. And and it's, I think it's open kind of ended enough that it's not like too, you know, uh, kind of preachy. It actually doesn't preach. No, it seems to be trying to be very, again, just kind of, uh, you know, let's let's look at what this experience can be for mm-hmm. girls. It just seems, and there, it's complicated. And, and it just, I think, uh, you know, that's the leading thing that, that the critics of the film who hate it hate. It's like they just don't want to go in and discuss it at all. <laughs> it's such discomfort with, yeah. with the subject matter altogether that it's... It's just better to condemn the whole thing outright than, you know, you know, talk about child, children's sexuality developing. And you know, that's not going to be a popular for No one wants to go near that because that's, you know, pedophiliac culture and all that jazz. Um, but it just that's always been uncomfortable, I think, <laughs> in, for many, many generations, at least in America and maybe most places. So, you know, wading into that and trying to be kind of thoughtful and acknowledging all the complexities is exactly what there's an awful lot of people just absolutely that's just horrifying to them right off the bat. So the easiest thing is just to say, again, it's filthy and it's a pedophile film. So those are the two <laughs> main talking points. Keep that in mind. Uh, speaking of pedophiles, I think everyone, if, if haven't yet, um, you know, uh, uh, should watch um, Chris Morris' uh, Brass Eye episode called, mm-hmm. called I think, Pedagedon. Pedagedon, like Armageddon. Armageddon. Pedagedon, something like that. Okay, Pedagedon. You, you helped. Yeah, it's like a 30-minute, really brilliant from, like, what is it? It's maybe already two decades ago when mm-hmm. he did a, a spoof on different, like, news programs and Brass Eye is one of them. And that's one of the episodes that caused, I think, quite an outrage in, mm-hmm. in England. And I think it's still so very true. It just was about, you know, it's happening now here. And it was, I guess, there are waves of that happening all over the Western world frequently. And that it was about the kind of, <laughs> you really creatively treated this like sex panic pedophilia mm-hmm. a- a- accusation thing. So I think it's like, And I don't think people remember, the, but like 20 years ago was coming, you know, was kind of coming off of major waves of, of sex panic. You know, the McMartin um, preschool, supposedly satanic 
you know, pedophiliac orgies with children and a trial that went for years. And in, in, where was that? That was here. I forget which state, it, but it was huge. It was just huge news. And, and everyone became, you know, the children were, it, it, of course, the whole case got thrown out, but it took years and it ruined many, many people's lives. But it was shown that the the techniques that were, which would have been recorded for interviewing the children were all very, very coercive and, and, and badly done in ways that were just basically coaching the children toward claiming things that absolutely weren't true. And in the end, the whole, oh, wow. the whole case got dismissed, but it took years. So, of course, years of this trial and coverage and people just were losing it. And, you know, it's out of things like that, out of that, the notoriety of that case and all this hysteria over pedophilia that you got a total change in the way people raise their kids. Mm-hmm. So it's out of that that you get uh, there always has the parent always has to be with the kids. A play date is when parents get together and all stare at the kids, you know, Again, it's a huge sea change from when I grew up, where parents opened the door and said, bye, see you at dinner, <laughs> come when I call you. And you ran around and played with your friends all day long, and you you just went everywhere. And that's just all disappeared. And it's very closely tied to this dramatic change that occurred when people became convinced that, you know, of course, pedophilia has always been a serious thing, but that suddenly... It was everywhere. It was absolutely everywhere. It was hugely widespread and Mm -hmm. everyone had to be terrified all the time and you could never let your kid out of your sight. It was, it's a huge difference in the way children were raised. God. So there's big consequences to, you know, these, these kinds of waves of, again, I'm not sure that anything really wonderful comes out of them. I don't particularly think that's a good way to raise kids. I was horrified (laughs) when my friend was telling me. And the statistics shows, again, that frequently a lot of um, uh, sort of pedophilic abuses happen frequently within close within family relatives family groups so that yeah, doesn't often. help if you keep your child indoors and you can't play and they can't go outside they're not allowed yeah. to ride their bike literally around the block <laughs> they're never to be out of sight it's just like that i can't even imagine that i had so much so much freedom as a kid and Me i, too, but I but, yeah. probably too much but i think there's at least a happy medium where mm-hmm. children could have a little more autonomy than they're given now because i don't know it's murder on parents I don't know how they do it. I don't know. And again, it doesn't save from <laughs> from family. Yes, it doesn't us. help you from the, the likeliest the likeliest offenders. Yeah, that's dark. It is. We're in. We're heading into weighty weighty waters, and we should just yeah. back up and say <laughs> it's a good film. It's an interesting film. It tries to deal with something complex in a smart thoughtful and careful way and mm-hmm. yeah and this panic is is and flip out is is really really a stupid thing the only kind of formal criticism i can i cannot do that on about the movie mm-hmm. for me was uh, i don't know too many slow motions oh well <laughs> they, when they shop when they when they're having the bliss of shopping you mean know, they I, come back I, I understand it's like that's what where you go formally to i, I thought that was supposed to be the, the ecstasy moment. what was the what were the other slow motions i don't remember them yeah i mean i guess it ends on slow more um uh jumping Oh, okay. I don't even remember that. Okay. Yeah, it ends on the slow mo, and I don't know. It's just oh, the jump rope scene. Yes, it does. It does at the end. But I think it's also supposed to be a moment of ecstasy. I think that's what she's yeah, trying to do. Yeah, and I understand. It just mm-hmm. to me, I know it's such like a trope. You you take like ooh, like the time stops, mm-hmm. and this is pure joy and happiness. Yeah. yeah, that you experience longer than it really was. Right, <laughs> it felt longer than it really was. But I, I get it. No, it still works. I like the movie. I just mm-hmm. cannot say it's not something. Nasty as well. <laughs> it's a point of pride. There has to be. <laughs> but I, no, I mean, I'm genuine. That's how like a uh, slow mo. So, but <laughs> no, that that it didn't bother me. But mm-hmm. but you know, <laughs> but yeah. But that's the only thing. That's like, really not much that I. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty. That's a pretty small point. So yeah, that's we're we're both pretty pos- pretty damn positive about this film, right? I know. Well, and uh, next time, as we promised, we sort of pushed it. Paul yes, Verhoeven. we really are going to do Verhoeven next time. Absolutely. And uh, yeah, and I think we're, we're done. We wrapped it up. So till next time. Till next time. <laughs>